If you've suffered from gas, intestinal cramping, or bloating on a recurring basis, you might have irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS. But what exactly is it, and what can we do about it? Let's talk with Dr. Ronald Stern, a primary care physician at Highland Medical PC. This is Sound Advice, the podcast from Highland Medical PC. I'm Prakash Chandran. So Dr. Stern, we've all had stomach problems before, but tell us how irritable bowel syndrome or IBS is different. Irritable bowel syndrome uh, is one of my more interesting diagnoses that I make in my office because it can masquerade uh, and present with different symptoms. But in general, irritable bowel syndrome is caused by a disturbance of normal bowel function. It's not caused by a structural abnormality, nor does it require surgery, and it certainly is not a sign of anything serious such as cancer. Uh, Although there is no cure for irritable bowel syndrome, with proper diet, a reduction in stress, and appropriate medication if needed, you will find that your symptoms will gradually disappear or at least become much more tolerable. Irritable bowel syndrome is probably the most common digestive disease and it is believed that some 25 million Americans are affected by it. For unknown reason, usually appears in late adolescence or early adulthood and women are more commonly affected with IBS. What separates IBS from a normal stomach ache. Uh, you know, we know that it's recurring, but does it recur every day? Does it recur every week? Talk a little bit about that. The way you can differentiate between normal stomach pain and irritable bowel syndrome are the associated symptoms that go along with irritable bowel syndrome and the presentation that the patient has. Normal stomach pains are just related to cramping and possibly food intolerance, but irritable bowel syndrome associated with other symptoms, which include abdominal pain, which is usually usually found in the left lower abdomen, but also a patient can present with bowel irregularities such as diarrhea, or constipation, or a combination of both. That's really helpful, especially hearing that, you know, it's that recurring pain, it's in the uh, abdominal, you said the lower abdominal area. Um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about the origins of irritable bowel syndrome. Like, why why do we get it? Patients can have uh, irritable bowel syndrome due to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a variety of factors. Um, one of the factors is Definitely very uh, symptoms of irritable bowel can be triggered by certain types of food. Uh, when patients eat wheat, dairy products, citrus fruits, beans, cabbage, milk, carbonated drinks, and or caffeinated products, that can trigger a patient's abdominal cramps. Also, environmental factors such as increased anxiety uh, or stress in a person's life. Uh, If a patient has difficulties at work or if he's recently had a severe loss in their family or a change at their workplace or uh, a recent um, um, change um, in employment, this can trigger irritable bowel syndrome 
symptoms. One of the fascinating things that you're mentioning is around how, you know, the psychological or the stresses that we have in our life can contribute to IBS. You know, I, I would have thought that it was, uh, you know, just based on what you ate, like you said, uh, gluten, but um, I'm hearing from you that it's actually just lifestyle and the stresses that we experience day to day, right? Correct. Patients very often have issues in their lifestyle and their workplace, which can contribute to them to developing spasms and pain in their abdomen and um, cause them to have differences in their bowel habits. Okay. And, you know, for the people that think that what they're experiencing is potential recurring stomach pain and they don't do anything about it, let's talk a little bit about the risk factors associated with it, especially what happens if it goes untreated. Patients who have irritable bowel syndrome who do not seek medical advice are more likely to miss their workplace because of abdominal pain and or have uh, other consequences related to severe constipation or diarrhea or dehydration or have daily questions as to what food they should be eating or what could be triggering their symptoms. They also would possibly have more issues with anxiety um, and uh, difficulty in concentrating, headaches, shortness of breath, dizziness, fatigue. These are also all symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome as well as uh, loss of appetite, nausea, and rarely vomiting. Yeah, you know, I think it's important um, to really try to keep yourself happy and healthy um, so you can avoid some of um, the uh, things that come along with IBS. And so, you know, one of, th one of the things you mentioned that at the top of the episode was there wasn't a cure, but let's talk specifically around prevention. Let's say someone is listening to this um, and they really want to live a life without the risk of irritable bowel syndrome. What would you recommend to them? Patients who develop symptoms of, ab of abdominal pain, constipation, and diarrhea, and they're not sure where that's coming from, they should seek the help of a medical uh, physician. There are medications that can be given to uh, improve the motility in the large intestines to uh, slow down uh, the movement of uh, foods through your large intestine to help prevent diarrhea and also uh, help prevent constipation. Um, also, it's good to try to control contributing uh, factors such as lessening your anxiety, trying to eat more healthy, and um, um, trying to put things in proper perspective. What about over-the-counter medicine uh, that someone can take to prevent the se severity or reduce the severity of IBS? There's plenty of over-the-counter medication that people can take for uh, diarrhea, um, uh, such as... Um, Imodium or Pepto-Bismol. Um, there's also plenty of medication that a patient can uh, obtain to improve their symptoms of constipation, such as increasing their fiber and taking other over-the-counter medications uh, to improve constipation. So, you know, we talked a little bit about the stress prevention, like staying away from environmental factors that might, um, you know, contribute to irritable bowel syndrome. I'm assuming diet and exercise also play a role, as we alluded to earlier. Um, but talk a little bit about other complementary health practices or medical treatments that could either help prevent or reduce the severity of IBS. Some other complementary health practices, um, patients who 
have severe irritable bowel syndrome who are not receiving any uh, relief from over-the-counter or um, uh, prescribed medications. Um, in with uh, hypnotherapy, um, and also it has been shown that probiotics help to relieve some of the symptoms, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, because uh, they help to um, uh, improve the abdominal pain, bloating, gas. Another complementary health practice that is sometimes recommended is peppermint oil is one herbal remedy often used to treat IBS for which there are mixed results, but there is some evidence that enteric-coated peppermint oil capsules may be modestly effective in reducing several common symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome, especially abdominal pain, bloating, and gas. You know, one thing that I always like to wrap up with is, you know, what's the one thing that you wish patients with irritable bowel syndrome um, knew before they came to see you? The one thing that definitely I try to um, explain to patients is that irritable bowel syndrome is very common. It's not a serious condition. And when they do come, as I mentioned earlier, I do try to investigate other symptoms that they might have, which are not necessarily related to irritable bowel syndrome. Um, such as um, fatigue, anxiety, including headaches, loss of breath, dizziness, and also loss of appetite or belching or gas. Yeah, I really like the holistic approach that you take. So it's not only addressing the things that are specific to IBS, but some of the other factors in your life that might also be contributing to it. So Dr. Stern, I really want to thank you for your time today. That's Dr. Ronald Stern, a primary care physician at Highland Medical PC. Thanks for checking out this episode of Sound Advice. Call one 866 HMPC to make an appointment with Dr. Stern or another provider. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library of topics of interest to you. Thanks and we'll see you next time.